So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome back to the Parts Unknown podcast. I'm Ben Green and with me as always is John Ashdown. Hello, John. Hi, Ben. We've just been watching WrestleMania 33. We have, yeah. Christ, it was long. <laughs> We've rattled through it. I, I did it in two days. Uh, watched uh, the first half up to the John Cena wedding um, <laughs> last night. Watched it with my wife. Well, she was she was in the same room and looked disgusted um, and then we joined up today to watch the second half uh, you on the other hand you've gone Iron Man as we yeah, I've done predicted it in, been up since 5 o'clock this morning um, yeah getting the getting my full Mania experience you're doing well you're doing well um, what are your overall thoughts of the show your main takeaways uh, yeah taker going away I suppose was the, the main takeaway um, I thought overall as a show I, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I hate, hate, the, hate the whole there, the sort of whole WWE obsession with WrestleMania moments. But there didn't seem to me to be any sort of huge, memorable spots apart from me and Mark Calloway finally going to the big coffin in the sky. Well, though, technically, hell. Well, yeah, he went down he rather than up, didn't he? downwards, back yeah. In, back in um, 92, he ascended to the after losing to Yokozuna. In a casket match, he ascended, well, or Marty Jannetty ascended uh, to the heavens. But this time, uh, yeah, down he goes. Taker lost to Roman Reigns in a controversial main event, or at least a, a match that went on last. became apparent why it went on last due to the aftermath, um, which was, as, we've, as everyone knows by now, Taker taking off his gloves, laying down his big coat and his hat and then walking walking out slowly although the summer is on the horizon so maybe it was time you know to lose the big coat and go for some sort of lightweight summer jacket i mean it's not like he does particularly much after wrestlemania anyway but, and but, the, the, the wwe seems to have been quite kind of slightly cagey since then um i don't think they've, they've not confirmed that he's retired or anything so um who knows they've probably they've perhaps left it open to see how he feels but it's it, it certainly it felt like it didn't it It felt like a good a, a goodbye yeah yeah and we've uh like all proper journalists do we've we've been doing some proper journalism checking our sources looking at the the news wires and the bbc are saying it seems as though he's retired uh nothing on wwe's own website but it look it looks like the end of an era but you know about time, probably. It's been, you know, from a personal point of view, it's, I, I found it quite sad to see Undertaker in the past 12 months or so on this run. I thought, you know, he surprised me and, and a lot of people, I suppose, with his um, stuff against Brock. He's very impressive, but he just physically has just not looked good. And I, he looks old now, very old. Um, this match against Reigns was very slow. A couple of missed spots. Um, 
you know they did the best based on on the limitations that the undertaker presents now and it's just not I just, it just doesn't feel right talking about him as a limited worker anymore based on everything he's done for the business etc cetera, etc cetera, and just gave me a lot of great moments as a fan growing up it's uh yeah it's very sad to see yeah i think i i, I absolutely agree i do think i think we sort of said before before mainly that it wouldn't have been a i don't think it would have been a bad thing if he'd called it a day after the streak ended and i kind of stand by that it wasn't a classic to go out on i mean it was it was fine like you say with takers limitations there's not a great deal uh that you can't that they could do and i thought roman kind of bumped around and tried his best that one horrible botch um the double reverse tombstone botch. yeah that just he tried it and then he tried it again and then they just take just clearly whispered punch me in the face yeah. uh which he which he did and they sort of carried on from there um but apart apart from that um yeah, Under- Undertaker started pretty strongly and got some good stuff in, but the longer it went on, the you know the slower it got, slightly more painful it it got to watch. Uh, yeah, so he you know if this is to be the end, he'll he'll bow out at twenty three and two. But you were you were saying during this whole this match that if this is to be the end, then why haven't they built it up as a retirement match? So think of Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Think of Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. You know good retirement angles in there even macho man versus warrior that we talked about in the last episode they seem to be kind of missing a trick in some ways by sort of you know suggesting that he might be retiring but he's not actually retiring keeping their options open just draw a line under it boys you know and what what about that um the sit-up spot where he rolled over you know that was meant to evoke a lot of pathos but actually you and i were pissing ourselves laughing and it feels really disrespectful yeah well it was supposed to be so poignant because it was like him trying the sit-up one last time and i don't think i've ever seen him sit up and then keel over like that i think that was the genuine like first time that he's done that but the way he flopped over was just it was it was more comedy than than anything which is a, a bit of a shame so yeah, so so that was the Undertaker match or the Roman Reigns match, whatever you want to call it. Um, other takeaways, John, fantastic set, you know, really spectacular pyrotechnics, fireworks, everything really, really impressive. You know, they kind of get bigger in scale every year, these sets. They had that massive ring on top of the ring and you as the WCW fan were probably pining that they started the match in there or maybe had to climb up to that extra ring up there. Like well, the- I'm, su- I'm surprised that Shane McMahon didn't, didn't dive off it during his opener with AJ. That's true. Um, in many ways, I think that that massive walkway down to the ring that prevented any sort of run-in spots at all because there weren't any yeah i mean i guess with mania there's there's always a fairly large rampway but it did seem particularly long this one um and you never know they might not have been planning any run-ins anyway um but yeah it, it may Don't be crazy they always do run-ins no they just they, it's not quite this you look back at um goldberg beating kevin owens for the for the belt last time out and jericho did a, his running was just an appearance. That's all you need these days. But they didn't do anything like that. No, at they all. didn't. I suppose. No, and all all the ones that we'd been predicting with John Ross uh, last week, you know, saying that Finn or Samoa Joe would be running in, or Luke Harper, uh, maybe Hulk Hogan turning up. Even The Rock, for fuck's sake, he wasn't there. Um, and the show was so much better for not having The Rock there. Uh, you know. <laughs> Even the new day didn't grate that much because they limited those spots to yeah they were three kind appearances of fairly um, yeah they weren't too uh, 
they weren't popping up after every match or anything. Yeah. But let's, um, if we've perhaps been a bit negative so far, you in particular, John, you're down on it. I thought it was, I thought it was a good show. But um, I really enjoyed the match order. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, it, it surprised me. It surprised me uh, with AJ versus Shane. We talked about maybe the uh, the ladder match going on first to to set the tone, but AJ versus Shane was really interesting and a great way to start. I thought very hard hitting match. Yeah, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that it was probably my favourite match of the night. I don't think it, I don't know if it was just because it was on first, so I was less kind of tired by that point. But um, yeah, I think I think it, it may well have been my favourite. That said, I enjoyed it, but I still I don't really approve of uh aj sort of bumping around for a middle-aged businessman who just wants to show off his catches catch can mat wrestling techniques yeah um you know putting himself over rather than putting talent over i mean aj won but shane still had to kick out of a styles clash didn't he and the kind of the face heel dynamic was all all over the place you didn't really know who was who but yeah it was kind of the most sort of grabby match of the night i thought yeah next up of course was kevin owens versus chris jericho Chris Jericho's entrance with a sparkly scarf. That was a very nice touch. Very nice touch. Well, yeah, I thought. I thought that. Well, I thought the match match was fine. At the moment, I think it feels like both of those guys are better sort of on the mic than they are in ring. I kind of. I know you're you're a big fan of Kevin Owens. But I love I, Kevin Owens. I yeah. can't. I find his matches a bit boring. I really enjoy the fact that he is always talking during his match. Um, it's almost as though he's mic'd up in there. He's he's really playing for the crowd. He's 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 a great heel. Um, he's got some good moves as well for someone with such a big tummy. There were loads of really good moves in this match. I particularly liked Jericho's Frankensteiner, and I particularly liked the finger on the rope by <laughs> KO. The knuckle on the rope. Oh, it was just spectacular. It's a fantastic bit of uh, fantastic bit of heel move. <laughs> well and done. actually, actually, before the match, well, there was a good the video packages. Um, I know certainly for the particularly for the first two matches, but I think all night the video packages kind of preparing the match and over going back over the feuds uh, were all pretty good. Um, takes us to women's match number one on the card the fatal four-way um elimination rules and all that now bailey the champion came out first and this happened a couple of times the event the champ comes out first not good she slipped as well i don't know if you saw that yeah she did did a slip just as she was walking down um she wore the macho man stuff which was very nice very nice she hits the macho man elbow at the end we just fast forward straight to the end of the match I certainly did not see her winning this match at all. Um, Charlotte and Sasha are just so head and shoulders above everyone else in this division. And yet they have to create some sort of competition. Bailey is not a good champ. Um, she's not a good talker. She doesn't, hasn't got good facials. She's just not as good as the other two. And they've just kind of put themselves into a corner here with, with having these two be so much better. You know, Sasha didn't turn... Um, in this match, a lot of us were expecting her to do that, but phew, it's the women's division, John on Raw. Discuss. It's a bit of a shame. I did think it was quite a, a flat match, and I think all the th- the three main women have all had better matches uh, recently on on various pay per views. I didn't like the fact that Nia Jax. Uh, the basically the the story of the early part of the match was everybody gangs up on Nia Jax. 
um, who was eliminated after the th- all three of them gave her a power bomb out of the corner, then all three piled on for the pin like she was some sort of monster heel. But she hasn't been booked as a monster heel for the last sort of six months. She's won a few, lost a few, and so it just like it was just like booking for convenience. Um, and then the rest of the match was just fairly fairly standard fare, really. It wasn't um, particularly memorable, and which is a bit of a shame for. Um, for some talented people in there, I know you're very down on Bailey. I don't. I, I'm not quite as down as as you are. I think um, some of her stuff in NXT was was really really good. Oh no, I'm I'm not disputing that. I remember again, you know, her match with with Sasha Banks in NXT was sensational. I just think that she's just been pushed to to be champ, and you know, she hasn't got a massively developed character apart from she smiles and hugs people, and it just seems a bit naff, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, and it doesn't fit with a really good work rate. There's something missing. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. It feels that like that division's gone a bit flat from where it was perhaps six months ago when it was really, really hot. Since then, it's it's not really sort of peaked at any point, really. I enjoyed the exposed turnbuckle spot. Something I haven't seen since about 1989. <laughs> um, and the corkscrew moonsault by by Charlotte. Oh yeah. Oh, that's stunning. It's one of my top three moves of the night. Along with that Frankenstein yeah. from, from the Jericho <laughs> match. Three came in the first few matches. Yeah, yeah that was she's brilliant. She's brilliant. That it looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, the, to complete this this trio of, of spectacular moves, it was the Rollins Phoenix Splash, which is just incredible that you hit on Triple H. We'll come to that match a little later. So that's uh, the first three matches done. Uh, that takes us into about an hour and a half into the show. <laughs> And then it's time for the uh, the ladder match, the tag team ladder match for the Raw Championship. All the teams come into the ring. Out come the New Day in their ring gear. And they say, well, uh, there's going to be a swerve. Well, they don't say there's going to be a swerve, but here we are conditioned to expect a swerve and it's going to be a four-way match. John, pick up the story. But yeah, the New Day swerve the swerve um, and the Hardy Boys music hits and out come Matt and Jeff. Out come Team Extreme. Yeah, which was... the. That got the biggest pop of the night across any any match, any any three count. That was the the noise when that music hit was la- the loudest. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the the crowd really went down in sort of energy level and volume from this point onwards. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, I'd, I'd I've written in my notes for the AJ match and the Jericho match. You know, loud, good pops. And then after this match, it just goes vroom. You know, they're outdoors, so a lot of the sound goes goes out of the stadium. They're also going to be knackered by the end of a five-and-a-half-hour show. And that's why, again, to go back to The Undertaker, the applause seemed almost polite rather than, you know, rapturous and proper respectful ovation he i don't want to we don't want to be too down on this because you don't want to listen to us being down on anything let's go let's go back to that amazing pop that the hardy's got yeah and i I wonder just to kind of not to be down on it but i wonder if they'd move this to a slightly later point in the card because it was such a high high spot for the for the crowd um and then you get this big this huge surprise really to me it was i don't know and it sounded to the audience like it was a surprise as well um you you know there was expectation for more kind of surprises and what they're going to do next and then nothing yeah then no there rock. weren't there, yeah. were nothing, there wasn't anything after that um, but it was yeah it was great to see Matt and Jeff the 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 sad thing for me I did feel a little bit sorry for the three other tag teams that have been you know doing decent work um, over the last sort of the months and weeks and months and you know uh, you know as as WWE do uh, the old time has come in and 
steal the belts. I mean, steal them in brilliant style. It was. I thought the the finish. I'm surprised this isn't in your top three moves. The uh, twist of fate from the top of the ladder and the um, swanton on the outside. I just. I've seen so many Hardy matches, and I've seen Jeff Hardy jump off. Oh my god, it's a twenty foot ladder! So many times that I just don't. There's no wow factor in it anymore. The wow factor is in seeing him take off his top. He's got an amazing tattoo. I like that, but he's got a belly on him now. And Matt Hardy, his hair has just gone curly and bouffant. <laughs> they, and they, you know, they look older. They've still got some of the moves. Uh, I've seen a little bit of what Matt's been doing in TNA um, as Broken Matt, uh, which is very entertaining and sort of so bad it's good acting. But you know, and he he did a bit of the delete, delete. I'm not sure if they're allowed to do that because they're back as the Hardy Boys. But but still. You know, they, they, they busted out some of the old favourites. Um, so you're saying that you, you felt sorry for the, the other three tag teams in this match. I don't feel sorry for Renzo and Castor <laughs> because I, I dislike them so much. Um, they weren't very involved, actually. They were kind of, coming out of the match, they seemed very much like the fourth. You know, if you were kind of doing a league table after the post-match, they seemed like the fourth. They'd be Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal aren't going to finish fourth are they this season no. hey. there's an interesting bit with uh, Enzo and Cass where uh, Enzo is climbing up the ladder and obviously he needs to just can't can't just quite reach it so big Cass comes in shoves his head up his ass and gives him the leg up and he still can't get it um, <laughs> it does look from the camera angle that his head is actually up his bottom yeah that was... and yeah he, as, as, he, as uh, Cass tries to lift him uh, Enzo just sort of folds over forward so that he's not actually any higher um, or closer to the belt. Um, yeah, I really like C- Cesaro and Sheamus. I liked Cesaro's kilt when uh, when they came out. Just by the by, um, I got a royalty check from my book podcast master still available um, in no good bookshops, but it is available uh, on Amazon for one ninety nine. Everything you want to know about making a podcast. I got a two figure royalty check from the past quarter, so I've sold oh, millions. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't sold millions and millions of the book, but yeah, I uh, treated myself to a 3.9 metre extendable ladder. You think of doing some high spots? Uh, yeah, got to do some guttering. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, high spots in this match, you well, it wasn't a high spot. It looked like quite a nasty spot where Cesaro could have broken his leg. Yeah, it was. Yeah, his ankle went sort of through the one of the bottom rungs of the ladder as he was coming down it. Yeah, it could have been awful, but um, I, th- I think hopefully he got away with it. And you've changed your tune now on the giant swing. Yeah, but only because the, uh, Seamus was sort of beating uh, on uh, Gallo's chest. It wasn't actually in time, but you know there was it was enough of a kind of stereo spot that I quite enjoyed it. Okay, so with the, the ladder match completed, we moved on to the mixed tag match with Cena and Nikki Bella versus Miz and Maurice. AJ Roker from the Today Show rather than John Humphreys as we thought it might be uh was the special ring announcer announcing himself as chocolate thunder which i thought drew some uneasy glances backstage and <laughs> from everyone I'm, I'm not sure you can do that and he brought everyone out some good pops and then the match started and it was terrible and, <laughs> and then they, i finished in that that horrible contrived the five, dub, double the pin. five knuckle shuffle Ugh, yeah yeah, Ugh, yeah everything i really dislike about pro wrestling but everything that wrestlemania should be unfortunately i suppose one mo- one moment i did note down that um they they'd mentioned th- 30 seconds previously that cena had faced the miz in a wrestlemania main event no less and then jbl said literally 30 seconds later when um 
after Tom Phillips had been saying or running through the various opponents that Cena had beaten, JBL literally said, I'm not sure Cena has ever faced anybody like The Miz before. And he'd faced, he'd just said that he had faced the actual Miz before. <laughs> um, I, I hate JBL so much. In fact, I hate all the commentary so much. I think it's all terrible. Added to the terribleness in this match was Jerry the King Lawler, Lawler oh, who yeah. came on and did his sort of face thing, bad jokes, and was generally terrible. So the only good thing about this match was really was that it ended and then it got worse. Yeah. Exactly. When you say it got worse, everyone knew that this would happen, the the proposal spot. And um, John Cena, with his massive hands, gets out a teeny tidy ring. <laughs> I've no idea how he managed to do that. Had um, he had it in his pocket all match as well? Yeah. I felt that the crowd absolutely died at this point. And then when... when there were a few sort of girly screams, I noticed, like, of like happiness and like, oh my God. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was just general. Piped in. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I did like the fact that he proposed to to her real name, yeah, which I can't I remember that. what it was, rather than to Nikki Bella, as opposed to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, will you marry me? He should have done that. He, he should have done Elizabeth. That. Really, yeah. she didn't actually say yes. I don't think she. They just hugged and he put the ring on. I didn't hear her actually say yes. He assumed. And yes. It would be awkward if she now said no. Or I'd like to think about I it. Was it, was, it was the perfect moment for the Cena heel turn, wasn't it? When he was sort of saying, as you were going to surgery, I wanted to ask this thing. And then he'd come up with some, why do you follow me around? And hit her with the, uh, I don't know, a chair. <laughs> Forget that bit. Anyway, more husband and wife stuff coming up after the break when we look at the Triple H versus Seth Rollins match. We're going to go into business for our... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Ourselves, hold tight. So we're now entering the business end of the of the pay-per-view, and something we discussed while we were watching it is that each match now seems to take place within its own sorry to use the phrase universe. There is no sort of talking about what the main event is or throwing forward to later later bouts. They they just talk about they just do the hype package for that one match that's coming. They don't do a backstage bit. They don't say later on there's a championship match. It, everything just happens in its own section. That's it. And I think the pay-per-views are are worse for that. You know, if you watch a UFC thing, they always talk about the main event. And they just don't do that here. Kind of bugs me. That said, the hype package for Triple H versus Rollins was really good. Some very, very funny shots of my my friend Paul with his special big his big <laughs> helmet hey. and Rollins both in rehab and then also that really shaky calling him out spot uh, at the NXT event. Um, it was a good match. Rollins comes out in his gold. Triple H, however, comes out in his panda car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, on his on his tricycle uh, with a, a load of police motorcycles i mean it looked it looked quite cool as a visual it made no sense at all in the context context of the story or of anything that anybody has been doing uh recently i mean it, lo- it looked like quite cool but this is probably to your point really that 
these things just happen in complete in isolation and that that clip will look spectacular on some montage that they show down the line maybe but it didn't really it didn't really make much much sense on with Triple H on his little brum brum motor, his, you know, his, big, his big wheel. <laughs> it, did, it didn't have a crash helmet on, so no. which must have been a health and safety risk. Yeah. And nor did Stephanie, no. who looked fabulous behind him, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and then he, he revved it. But yeah, the match itself, it was, uh, it was unsanctioned. Now, I like in an unsanctioned match or, or a street fight, and We've we've all seen a Chicago street fight. We've probably seen a New York street fight. Never seen an Orlando street fight. And it would have been fun if they'd have gone into Disney or Universal Studios and started kicking the shit out of each other in there. But yeah, in, in all of these street fights, traditionally, you'll see these guys wearing a pair of jeans with some knee braces on top and maybe a pair of cowboy boots or something. None of that in this one. Well, I, th- I thought, you know, the, the match itself was a fairly... Um, it was good. It was fairly hard-hitting and it had a nice plot line running through it which you don't always get so much these days obviously Rollins's knee was the whole was the story point and Triple H's attempts to uh, destroy it or certainly to use it to his advantage I'd have liked I'd have preferred if Triple H's finisher was some sort of knee related finisher but that's a that's a minor point um, I've got a big tick in my box because I found it funny that uh, Stephanie was encouraging Triple H by shouting come on Triple H to her husband yes when she should have been shouting Hunter uh, because obviously that's his kayfabe name. And then seconds later, she did shout, come on, Hunter. It's almost as though they heard you. Yeah, which I was pleased with. I like, there was a, the, the end was great with a sort of pedigree reversal spots. And then Steph going through the table. Triple H bumped into her ever so gently on the on the apron. And she f- flew off like a, like a bullet, like she'd been felled like a tree. Um, but she I mean, it looked it looked great. And it was one of the bigger sort of... Uh, Bigger pops from the crowd of the night, I think. Yeah, and whether Rollins' injury was legit or not, and you know, by all accounts, it was. He he seemed to be moving brilliantly. You know, he did a load of flying moves and landing landings on his leg. Um, we've talked already about the Phoenix Splash. He did that superplex and Falcon Arrow combo. Yeah, there were some great moves. Two suicide dives. Uh, really, really impressive. And I I hope that he takes his place. Uh, back at the top of the card and gets a championship run now. I mean, not sure really about his character. He's a bit whiny and, you know, he's not quite the baby face that they need him to be. He's more of a natural heel, but he's going to be one of the top stars for the next couple of years. And um, he's he he's just a spectacular performer. Yeah, he's too good not to be. I wonder if it's probably, if perhaps it's time, because they've been doing it for probably 18 months for him to move away from the sort of Triple H Stephanie authority kind of angle and go off and do something something a bit different something a bit fresher uh, which brings us to the dance and the music interlude do you remember what the fact was called? I remember Lunchtime Lewis Lunch Money Lewis <laughs> yeah Lunch Money Lewis <laughs> or uh, we thought it might have been Mabel aka Big Daddy V aka Viscera there's a man with a big career ahead of him but Lunch Money Lewis is a great great name for a wrestler from like the eighties territorial days, junkyard dog and lunch money Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still, he'd be like a school bully. Could steal your pocket, steal your lunch, your lunch money. Okay, third match from the end, and it's the match for the company's biggest title. <laughs> I'm claiming this one because I called it from you the rumble. You called it months ago, John. Yeah, that um, that they couldn't possibly put Orton on last, and they didn't, which annoys me because it just what's the point of the rumble being? 
what's the point of making such a big deal about the rumble if it's just going to be the the third match from the end? And it was a it was a, it was an interesting it was there was some interesting moments. The, the start the start of which came when Randy Orton came to the ring on the back of a giant sperm yeah. it was wriggling in the <laughs> aisleway. Um, it was supposed to be a viper, but from above it wriggled like a, a tadpole or possibly like a sort of slightly manky sperm. Um, and then Bray Wyatt proves he's a true mat technician by <laughs> producing first maggots, then worms, then locusts. <laughs> yeah, just. <sighs> I really, really don't know what to make of it. I, in a way, I should like it because it is kind of hokey and silly, but it's, it just seems a bit out of place now. I would have liked him to have conjured up like a, some baked beans or something. In, in <laughs> the, the classic, drink. yeah. And yeah. it didn't really play into the match in any way. Like, if he'd, maybe if he'd done it once and Autumn was so confused, he just, you know, it, it resulted in the finish. He just did it three random times and then lost. Yeah. As <laughs> Br- he does. Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds, is the doer of jobs when it comes to WrestleMania. Yeah, so his very impressive streak continues. He is 0-3 at the granddaddy of them all. Uh, yeah, this was an absolutely nothing match. We had hoped that this was the start of something special for Bray, but yet again, they've just completely pulled the rug out from under him. Maybe he just needs to get rid of this character and just start again, become son of IRS, (laughs) which I'd really like. Cut off his dreadlocks, go to university, get a job, (laughs) clean up. I mean, I, I... I can't see how anybody can be interested in Randy Orton. I just, I mean, I'm, he was a good time champ. He's been a good performer over the years. Yeah, absolutely fine. But he's so boring. I've been watching some of his older stuff against Cena from 2009. Has a really good I quit match and uh, an Ironman match, a 60 minute match at back to back pay-per-views. I believe they are bragging rights and something else with a B. Maybe breaking ground, battleground. They're good matches. He was really good. Uh, he looks fantastic there. He's he's more clean-shaven than he is now. He's a bit more grizzled and older, obviously, with eight years advanced. And he seems a lot more up for it then than he does now. He's, you know, he's he plays the game at his own speed. You know, he did, takes the pace. He's like Robert Prozanecki. I had an interview with Triple H with... Um, Rosenberg on Cheap Heat where he said Randy can be as good as he wants to be maybe I believe in him more than he does and you know maybe he was just calling him out and saying you know do you want to be the best in the business sir or do you just want to be plodding along like like you do and you know maybe he will up his game now maybe he is destined for another run against John Cena I can't see anyone who's challenging him you know maybe it's going to be AJ again and I'd hope that AJ wins that but I think AJ's probably going to go up against Seth Rollins I, th- I can't see AJ sticking around on Smackdown odd very odd, odd. yeah so uh, you know in theory Randy Orton's at the the top of the tree that are the to- like coming out of Wrestlemania he is the he's the he's the champ he's the he's Hulk Hogan he's Yokozuna he's doing the make a wish <laughs> you know he's he's Steve Austin and you know I've also got something to ask which is the RKO it's always from out of nowhere does that sort of does that render it you know its surpriseness uh slightly meaningless well yeah I, should it just be called the RKO from out of nowhere is there a distinction is, between that it? and the RKO I don't think there is I don't think there is like yeah all the moves if you if you telegraph a move the the opponent blocks it surely yeah like oh nobody Oh, he's hit the pedigree out of nowhere. 
It's more than just semantics, isn't it? Okay, so Randy and uh, Bray lasted 10 minutes, 30 seconds, and that included those aforementioned projection spots. And then coming in at 4 minutes, 45 seconds, according to Wikipedia, was what many saw to be the real main event, the real money match. Brock versus Goldberg had a ridiculous hype promo from... Uh, from Paul Heyman to making it into some sort of fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah, that yeah. didn't quite work. Um, then, yeah, it was it was short, it was hard hitting, it was longer than we thought it would be. It was longer than all their matches uh, combined, combined so far, or all of Goldberg's matches on his return so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you really enjoyed the the barricade. I spot. thought the barricade spot was brilliant. Yeah, not least because it looked like they both exposed, genuinely hurt each other. It exposed the barricade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was looking forward to a bit of blood in this match, but we it just didn't little, go on. We got for a little bit. We got Goldberg cut his ear and Lesnar grazed his, his elbow. <laughs> yeah, um, but I thought I thought it was you know for what it was, which was a four minute forty five match slobber knocker. Yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed it. I kind of wished that you know that they were we were sort of five, well, probably more than that, ten years ago, and they could go you know fifteen minutes and do that because that would have been brilliant. But um, for what it was, I thought it was fine. I mean, I kind of understand now why it didn't go on last, and I thought I, pre, uh, pre-event, pre I thought that was going to be the, the match that was on last. Yeah, it was kind of, it was it was good. I, you know, it was okay. Jackhammer, spear, jackhammer, spear, suplex, suplex, suplex. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we expected. But, but what we didn't expect was that jump. Yeah, uh, Brock showing his athleticism. Oh, superb. With a huge leapfrog. Yeah. Um, so he's universal champion now. That sets him up for, I don't know, he's going to, there's going to be a shuffle. Yeah, next week there'll be some sort of reshuffle and you know, who knows? Who knows indeed. Um, and then there was the buffer match uh, before the Roman and Undertaker match. And that was the women's six pack match. Lasted five minutes, 35 seconds. That's less than a minute per contestant. <laughs> yeah, for a, for a six way match to, to be that short is... Um... Yeah, tells you kind of all you need to know, really. It was in the kind of, it was in what used to be a, the sort of lingerie match spot, um, which uh, obviously we've come a long way from, thankfully. Um, but in terms of its, its sort of interest, there wasn't a great deal more than <laughs> more than a lingerie match, really. No, Naomi a- winning in her hometown was, was, was nice, I suppose. But it's kind of a weaker division, the, the SmackDown women's yeah. division. There was the double sharpshooter spot. Yeah, which was ridiculous. Looked a bit silly, and it, as, as I said to, to to Ben earlier, as we were watching it, that I remember when you know you put on a, a sharpshooter, and it was Natalia Hart who was doing it. And it's her finisher, and people you're supposed to tap, like you're supposed to submit if you're in. A, and people, you know, these days you just sit in any submission move for for twenty seconds, pretending that you're about to tap, and then it breaks up. WrestleMania, of course, is all about moments. John, did you enjoy JBL's commentary in this match? Not at all, Ben. Not at all. Uh, probably the, the line of the night, the most ludicrous line of the night, eclipsing even what he said in the, the Cena Miz match, which made him look ridiculous and stupid. This, if anything, made him look more ridiculous and stupid. James Ellsworth, who um, was uh, chaperoning Carmella in this match, uh, found, finds himself in the ring. And I, I think I remember, I think it was Alexa Bliss who... Uh, Popped him into a uh, fish. Oh no, it wasn't. It was Becky Becky Lynch who popped Becky him into Dreadlocks a, Lynch. Popped him into a fisherman suplex, suplexed him, uh, and he rolled out of the ring. And JBL described it as the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time. There's nowhere really to go from that, is there? No, no, no. John, the match ended. And we went to the main event. We've already talked about the main event. <laughs> John, will you be sticking around for Backlash? 
Don't answer that question now. Get it out of your system. Let's go and get some fresh air. This has been Parts Unknown. Thank you very much for listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.